Welcome to Alive with Jesus, the two most important issues without question for every single person on earth or whether you are alive or not and whether you are with Jesus or without Jesus. Alive with Jesus is focused on growing your faith by knowing truth with certainty, building on a solid foundation of God's word that gives you fulfillment and passion on purpose. 1 Thessalonians 5.10 says, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Join us as we build on a solid foundation so that every day from now through eternity, we are truly alive with Jesus. I am your host, Stuart, and with me is Nathan. And today's episode, we are going to talk about the importance of knowing scripture. That's the the topic of today. So let's let's pray before we get started. God, thanks for another opportunity to look at your word, to learn from your word. We thank you for your word, that it is pure, that it is for us to know you better, to serve you better, and to not be deceived. So bless this podcast today, and may it be a blessing to those that hear it. We ask this in your name. Amen. All right. How we have um, in previous ones episodes especially if they go all the way back to the very first one which you have, if you haven't heard the foundation one i highly recommend that you do that that and the manifesto we cover a lot about the importance of the bible um but this one i'm kind of taking it from the angle of deception and being careful that we aren't deceived in the world today there are so many opinions and I think we even talked about this in another episode on how to read the Bible or, or um, how to spot if someone is telling the truth or not, at least from the Bible. Uh, we talked about a little bit of the importance of understanding the entire word, but in this one, I want to give some very specific examples of deception because it is just running rampant as God said it would in the end times it would get more and more. So uh, I also thought this would be helpful because we just loaded uh, all thanks to Nathan for loading up the audio Bible, at least the New Testament we have up now. We're still working on getting it into a playlist, but uh, if you just look at all the episodes You'll see uh, soon a, a short description of it and just all of the New Testament books. And this audio is very near and dear to my heart because when I had a long commute to work every day, I decided to start listening to the Bible on audio. And it did make a huge difference when you hear big chunks of the word at one time. You know, we all have our favorite verses and, you know, ones we post up on the wall. I have a few on my wall, but uh, context is everything. And hearing big chunks, you, you get a little bit different feel than if you just take one verse out of it. Um, so I highly encourage you and some of you, if you look at the times that will be listed on the episodes, it doesn't take long to get through the entire Bible uh, on audio. The book of Revelation 
is an hour long and I usually listen at 2x speed. So that means you can get through the entire book of Revelation in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. That's like a workout if you if you do workout or if you have a commute for 30 minutes. You can hear the entire book of Revelation in 30 minutes. And that's one uh, in the first chapter. It says uh, anyone who reads it, it gets a blessing. So um, all of the verse, all the chat. Did, Nathan, didn't you say one of them stuck out at you that it was so short or something? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I believe it was first, first and second Peter because it was just. Yeah, first Peter is like is thirteen minutes long. Second Peter's eight minutes long, and I it's about a half hour long hard drive for me. So I listen to that every morning. First second Peter. That's so easy, and uh, that's what I've been doing every single morning. It's surprising to me. Like I, I even mentioned this to, in my Bible group that uh, Galatians. It only takes fifteen minutes to listen to Galatians, or same for Ephesians at one x speed. Do you listen to one x or do you listen to two x? Yeah, at one x speed. So if you listen at two x speed, and in fifteen minutes you get Galatians and Ephesians. Fifteen minutes. It's crazy, uh, but it is actually humbling because. It's eliminating our excuses to know the word. And that's kind of why I brought this up because it is so important to know the word just inside and out. And yes, Bible knowledge does not get you to heaven. However, Satan tempted Jesus with scripture. Satan tempted Eve with scripture. Did God really say, and he quoted part of God, but he left out some of it and Eve left out some of it and added some. So the more we know the Bible and you, you hear it, you get ingrained that when someone misquotes it, it becomes a lot more obvious to you like that. That's not what it says. Uh, an easy one is if somebody says uh, money is the root of all evil. Well, that's, that's not what the verse says. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. But it's a very different statement if you leave that out. And so... Uh, I would, I think it's only seven hours to go from Galatians to Revelation or sorry, Romans, Romans to Revelation takes seven hours at one X. So, and at two X speed, you can get through all of the books after the resurrection you can hear. And if you get a chance to binge it all in three and a half hours on a weekend or any time, really. I mean, how many, how many movies are two and a half or three hours long that we don't have a problem going to see? Whereas if you sat down and you binged three and a half hours, just straight Romans to Revelation, and you got a notepad out and you started doing little tick, little ticks, keeping score of how many times God talks about sin, how many times he talks about repentance, how many times he talks about do whatever you want, how many times he talks about, I want you to be rich, how many times he talks about uh, persecution, just all of the important things that are out in, in society uh, out there, what does God have to say about it? And you listen to it over and over that it's specifically Romans to revelation is for us, the church. You can, you can binge, um, everything about the garden of Eden, but those rules were a little different than they are now. So uh, I would challenge you to do that and it will be super helpful at diminishing any deception. 
um, the word is what we need. So I'm just going to jump right in to reading these verses on this. And as always, don't believe us. Uh, if you think some of these verses are taken out of context, I would challenge you to read the whole chapter when I, I say a specific verse to see if that's what it really says. So we're going to jump right into it. Of course, these aren't all of the verses talking about the importance of the Bible. We covered a lot of them in the foundation and the manifesto, and it's just, it's all through the word. But these are some of the, the highlights that I thought would be helpful. Numbers 15, 31, because he hath despised the word of the Lord and hath broken his commandment, that soul shall utterly be cut off. His iniquity shall be upon him. Just right out of the gate, that's, I, I don't want to despise the word of the Lord. <laughs> We're supposed to love it. Numbers 15, 39, and it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them and that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes after which ye used to go a whoring. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Deuteronomy 29, 9, keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that ye may prosper in all that ye do. Now, I find this one I thought was interesting. Um, people love to hear about, well, how, how can I get God to prosper in my life? Well, here, here it is. Keep the words of this government and, covenant and do them. Well, yeah, but I, I don't want to do what I want to do and have God bless me anyways. No, that's not how it works. Deuteronomy 31, 12, gather the people together, men and women and children and thy stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear and that they may learn and fear the Lord your God and observe to do most of the words of this law. That's not what it says. It says, and observe to do all the words of this law, men, women, children, and the stranger that is within thy gates. All the words of this law. Very humbling to hear that. Joshua 1 8, this, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do some of what is written therein. No, it doesn't say that. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. It's a precursor. Can't have one without the other. Nehemiah 9, 3. And they stood up in their place and read in the book of the law of the Lord their God one fourth part of the day and another fourth part they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. Six hours they read the Bible. They read the book of the law. Six hours. And then that was convicting enough. They took another six hours and confessed, repented, and worshiped. Uh, that very humbly. Psalm 119, 11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I, I skipped over Job, but I, I probably because it's in the foundation of manifesto, but Job said he esteemed the words of God's mouth more than his necessary food. So you ever get hungry for food? You get starving? And that's, that's 
nothing compared to what we how we would want to crave the word of God. Psalm 119, 160, thy word is true from the beginning and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever, unless at some point the culture decides that it doesn't really matter anymore and it should change. That's not what it says. It just stops. And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever, period. That's that's the end. Proverbs 3, 3, let not mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. That's Proverbs 19, 27, cease my son to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of knowledge. Proverbs 28, 9, he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. Wow. Ouch. I think, I think in the next podcast, we're going to talk about prayer. So this verse may come up again. Uh, you don't like reading the Bible? Uh, ouch. Your prayer show. It doesn't just say this prayer isn't going to be heard. Your prayer is abomination. I, I didn't write it. I'm just reading it. Isaiah 34, 16. Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail. None shall want her mate for my mouth. It hath commanded and his spirit. It hath gathered them. Jeremiah six ten. to whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear behold, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. The Bible, uh, there's just, it's sad that, even Christians don't have a delight in it. It's a chore. It's an obligation. Oh, I got to read the Bible. Why do I have to read the Bible? I love God. And I'm to, it, this should be, this should be exciting. Zechariah 7, 11, but they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Continuing in verse 12. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore, came the love of God from, no, that's not what it says. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. I don't want great wrath from the Lord of hosts. So I'm just going to read that again. If you don't want great wrath, yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Very humbling. Matthew 4, 4, but he answered and said, this is Jesus talking, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Matthew 13, 22, he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. So there's a lot about deception. Um, this This is how we, prevent deception is by believing the word Matthew 24 4 and Jesus answered and said unto them take heed that no man deceive you Matthew 24 24 for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect Mark 4 19 and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful any 
comments, observations, queries, Nathan, from what, what we had so far? Scariest one uh, that has stuck out is the one from Proverbs, Proverbs 28.9. I had to mark that down and, and uh, put a note there because uh, I don't want my prayer to be abomination. It's, uh, there's so much going on that goes on through life that, you know, I don't want my prayer to be something that God doesn't even want to listen to. <laughs> An abomination. Wow. Ouch. Okay. Um, now, so we're talking about deception and cause you're going to hear people quote verses and a lot of times they'll, they'll quote a verse and they quote it accurately. The verse itself, they, they read the words correctly, but either they don't compare it with scripture with other verses or they leave out the rest of the chapter or something like that, or they twist it a little bit. Now, maybe they misquote it, or maybe they only quote the first part of the verse, but they leave out the last part of the verse. Uh, there's things like that. And if you wonder, well, why would people do that? Why, why is there deception? Well, Satan obviously deceived Eve right out of the gate. And so it's a thing. It's you have to be aware of Satan's device. You have to know he wants to deceive you from not knowing the truth. So this is uh, Jesus gives some of the reasons for deception here in Mark seven twenty one to twenty three. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetous wickedness, and deceit lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. So usually you'll get a response where, where a verse will be read and so, well, I just, that just doesn't feel right. I don't feel that that's what God really wants, or I feel that it's too harsh or, or whatever it is that comes out of the heart of man. That's, that's when we can't have our emotions determine what scripture says. We need to determine our emotions by what scripture says. We, we we're supposed to hold uh, bring into captivity, every thought into the obedience of Christ. So his word is what we shape our emotions to. Not the other way around. If I don't like a verse, I, I don't, I can't just dismiss it because my heart says, I just, in my heart, I just don't feel that's right. I, morality is, is what God is writing here. So I, the heart is, uh, desperately wicked and deceitful. I will continue on Mark 12, 24, Jesus answering said unto them, do ye not therefore err because ye know not the scriptures, neither the power of God. He didn't say philosophy. He didn't say because you don't know logic or because you're not following your heart or because you, you are, it's, it's scripture. That's, that's what he said. That's when you err is when you don't know all of the scriptures. John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So if you love Jesus, you're going to keep his words. How can you keep his words if you don't know what they are? And some, some people might say, well, yeah, I know that the two big commandments, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So there, I, that's, that's what he wants. 
Well, if that's all Jesus wanted you to know, then that's all he would have written in the New Testament. The New Testament would be three verses. One, Jesus would have said, here's everything you need to know. And then you have the next verse, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the next verse, love your neighbor as yourself. There you go. End of story. That's it. But it's not. There's there's so many other verses that actually define what that means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, as we've read in the other verses already. Uh, John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Society determines what truth is. No, that's not what it says. Sanctify them through thy truth. Your heart will tell you what the truth is. No, that's not what it says. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Acts 17, 11, these are more noble than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures once a year, whether those things were so. No, that doesn't say that. It says they search the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. They're they're checking Paul. They're they're checking anybody, and they're checking it with scripture daily. We are bombarded every second. If you're scrolling through social media or watching the news or TV or movies or driving and seeing billboards or you read any book except the Bible, there is, you're just bombarded with stuff that Satan wants to program you with. And you have to be prepared and search the scriptures daily. Romans 1, 22, actually I'm going to go through verse 25 on this one. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So someone is changing the truth of God into a lie and they're doing it thinking that they are wise. So you're going to hear people who say, well, you know, that verse really, it doesn't really mean that in the, in the culture of, see, what you have to understand is back in the, the, the historians tell us, are historians scripture? Did God inspire historians? Did God inspire commentaries? Did he inspire suppose a historian, you found a historical document and a historian said, yeah, Jesus never existed. It wasn't, it was all a big joke. It wasn't true. Are we going to believe that? Because it's a historical book from some guy with a bunch of letters that went to college. No, we're not. We judge everything by scripture because they are trying to change the truth of God into a lie. So for me, if I hear somebody say, you have to understand the culture back then, my mind immediately flips off and says, no, I don't, I didn't want to hear it because if God, when, when God wrote the Bible, the new Testament, did he know we were going to be reading it today? Or, or is he, is he somehow now saying, oh, I wish, you know, I should have put that part in 
that this this part here is a cultural thing that I'm just emphasizing here uh, to this one town. It, he, if he didn't put it in there, then I don't want somebody else to put it in there and add to scripture and try to tell me it doesn't apply. If God knew we were going to be reading it today and he wanted me to know that that only applied back then, then he would have written it. So I'm going to let God be true and not allow someone to change the truth of God into a lie. So if the context says, now this part right here, I'm only telling the Gentiles. I'm only telling the Gentiles to do this and this. Okay, that's, that's clear. It's very specific. But if someone, if you hear anyone, I don't care who it is, if it's me, um, conjecture can change the truth of God into a lie. It's, it's you know, we we want to know why. Why does it say something like that? Well, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. It, you know, that sounds mean. It sounds harmful. Whatever it is, you hear all kinds of things. Well, did God know when he wrote it? how we were going to read it today. How do you know which commentary to believe if you're going to start trusting a commentary over scripture? Because you can have, you can get commentators and preachers to twist all kinds of things for the same verse. And then where are we? What is truth then? Just your favorite preacher, your favorite pastor, so don't, don't let anyone change the truth of God into a lie with conjecture or some cultural historical thing. If it's, if it doesn't say that in the context, somebody's adding something that God, I, I'm telling you, God did not forget to put something in there that we needed. It, he, he didn't, he just did it. I can't imagine God say, oh man, I should have put that in there. Oh. Whoops! Sorry, I, I gotta I gotta get a dry erase board or something. Okay, sorry, that was a tangent. Uh, Romans sixteen seventeen. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. Now, how are you gonna know if it's contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned unless you have Scripture to judge it by? He won't. So that means there are, well, the next verse, verse 18. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. So there's deception out there. There's people that want to twist things, change doctrine. They want to cast doubt on it. They want to put conjecture. They want to change it so that people won't be so offended it's scripture. That's what we have to go by. Second Corinthians four, two, I'm offended by scripture. It's, uh, this is not a, the Bible doesn't tell me what I want to hear. I want to hear, do whatever I want. I'm not accountable. God loves me and I'm never going to hell. I can just do anything and everything. And God's going to give me a bunch of money and everything that I ever want. That's what I want to hear, but that's not what the Bible says. So I'm not, I'm not pointing out others that, Everything I'm saying is is to be taken at a personal level. This is, you are responsible to know scripture. I am responsible to know scripture. When you stand before God, 
when you are on your face kneeling before God, I should say, um, you know, I said, well, I, I thought, you know, this one pastor said it, it's, it's not going to matter. He's going to judge you by his word, not what somebody else said. His word says it's going to be by his word. So you want to know the rules of the game. And that means you want to go to the one who made the rules to make sure you're, you're playing by his rules. Well, one thing I want to add that, uh, sometimes that even as Christians, we do fall short of is that we, we go, or we make a person a little bit more higher than the Bible. Like for instance, C.S. Lewis, he is great. We quote C.S. Lewis all the time, but sometimes we'll take a verse and then we'll go to C.S. Lewis for that and be like, oh man, what C.S. Lewis did was, that was great. Man, he, he nailed that one. And I, I fall short of that. And then, you know, in study, like we look at that and, or we look at a preacher that's very well-spoken and he's got great commentaries. And sometimes we go to that before we go to the Bible. So it's like, yes, I understand that. And I fall short of that all the time. And I do as well. It's a common, you know, we, especially with the internet now, we don't want to, you know, I'll just look it up. I'll just, I'll just look it up and see. And, you know, we take the first couple things that somebody says without actually researching the whole thing. I'll, I'll, and I've, I'm guilty of it too. And I have to catch myself, which is one reason I just, I, I just crave to binge the audio Bible. I would love to have it all memorized so that it, it would be a lot harder to get deceived if you have the entire Bible memorized and that, that is, is very helpful. But there's even a, this is a huge tangent, but I'm just, you kind of brought that up. Um, was Daniel a eunuch? I mean, if, if you haven't read all the scriptures and specifically researched that specific topic, it's real easy to just do a Google search. Was Daniel a eunuch? And you could look up the first couple ones and the first ones might say, yes. And I'm saying this because I did look it up just to see, okay, what's out there. Does anyone have, you know, stuff there instead of, well, let's read through everything in the Bible and see what we can come up with. And this one is very interesting. So here's, if you just read the book of Daniel or commentators on it, they're going to, you're going to read passages like, um, the chief of the eunuchs was commanded to tell Daniel and his three friends and, and give them new names. And so the assumption then is, well, if the chief of the eunuchs was commanded to do something, then that means Daniel, his friends were eunuchs, but it doesn't say Daniel, his friends are eunuchs. It just says that would be like me saying. Um, I, I told the accountant to pick up some milk on the way home. Does that mean the accountant picked up the milk at the bank just because the accountant has to do with banking? So I, we can't, we can't force something that isn't specifically said. Now it sounds good, but he's uh, involved with the chief of the eunuchs and you know, culture and history tells us that kings and, and the, the top people would 
um, definitely make people into eunuchs so that they wouldn't uh, mess with their wives. And so therefore, that must have been what happened in Daniel's time. Well, not necessarily. Joseph was Pharaoh's right-hand man, and Joseph was not made into a eunuch. He had kids. He got he got married uh, and had kids after he was put in charge. So you can't say that because some kings made them eunuchs, that all of them were. Jesus talked about uh, some men being made eunuchs of men, uh, but Daniel wasn't in the list. So you can start doing conjecture and all that, but it didn't say in the book of Daniel. But I did see, interestingly enough, there is something in Ezekiel chapter 14. Uh, we'll start at verse 12. The word of the Lord came again to me saying, Son of man, when the land sitteth against me by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out mine hand upon it and will break the staff of the bread thereof and will send famine upon it and will cut off man and beast from it. Verse 14, though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord. I'm going to keep reading. If I cause noisome beasts to pass through the land and they spoil it so that it be desolate, that no man may pass through because of the beasts. Though these three men were in it as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters. They shall, they only shall be delivered, but the land shall be desolate. Or if I bring a sword upon the land and say, sword, go through the land so that I cut off man and beast from it. Though these three men were in it as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, but they only shall be delivered themselves. So it doesn't say Daniel had sons or daughters. However, these three men, it's interesting, the three that he chose, he chose Noah who had sons, Daniel and Job, Job had sons and daughters. And when you read Job, he prayed that his children would not be, um, would be forgiven for what they were doing when you read the first couple of chapters there. And in First Corinthians 7, there's actually a portion at the end. We'll read starting at First Corinthians 7, verse 12. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman which hath an husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. Now, there are a couple of things about this, and I know it's kind of a big tangent off of scripture, but it actually is, is interesting that we've said this. Some people will read 1 Corinthians 7, 12, and where it says, but to the rest speak I, not the Lord. And then he, he goes into this. So some people will read that and say, well, see, that's just Paul talking. So I don't have to believe it. It's not really scripture, but. Did 
did God inspire Paul to write it? And if you if you have an option, just just hypothetically, I, I usually don't like conjecture, but let's just say hypothetically, we'll just have a pop quiz. If you have an option to get an opinion about life, about morality, about practical living, would you want to get the advice of Paul or a preacher today? Any preacher today. I don't care who it is. Pick any preacher today and you you tell me, would you rather want Paul's advice or some preacher today? Who do you think? I mean, Paul went to the third heaven. Paul wrote all of the, re- I mean, almost the entire New Testament. Paul got knocked on his butt by Jesus, talked to Jesus face to face, did miracles. I'm going with Paul on this one. If we were, we were going to say that verses 12 through however far down you want to go, aren't really scripture just because he said, but to the rest speak, I not the Lord. Not every book in the new Testament does it say God told me to specifically write this down. Some of them are books that Paul wrote to the churches and he didn't say God told me to write this to the church in Ephesus. He doesn't specifically say that. So in this instance, uh, he's, He's saying God didn't specifically say this, but I'm telling you, this is, this is what it is and it's in the Bible. So if God did not want it in the Bible, if God wanted us to look at that as, oh, we can just toss it out because it, God didn't say it, uh, that's just Paul's, uh, speaking, then why not just leave it out? Well, why not just have Paul not write that part? So I'm going to go with Paul which is really, I'm going to go with God on this one. So uh, that was just a, a little sidebar. But again, we have deception here. You will have people that will say, well, we don't have to believe Paul on this because that's not really the Lord. No, I'm, I'm taking that as scripture. That's Paul. I'll take Paul's word uh, over any preacher today. Uh, and he he's writing scripture. But I, I, it's interesting here that there are, are places where it's talking about the husband and wife can have, but if they're believing, that means there's an influence there on their unbelieving spouse or children. And Job had an influence on the spiritual status of his children. In fact, at the end of Job, God would not listen to the prayers of Job's friends. He had Job's friends. He said, you ask Job to pray for you because I, I'm not going to listen to you. So when we come back to Ezekiel and God points out specifically Noah, Daniel, and Job, though those were in it, they're only going to deliver themselves, not sons or daughters. So back to the, it was Daniel a eunuch. I think it's just as easy, if not more so, to conclude that Daniel did have sons and daughters because of this verse. Noah did, Job did, and twice it says they wouldn't neither deliver, 
deliver neither sons nor daughters. It didn't say widows and everyone else, because someone might say, well, this is just a, a euphemism, a way of saying everyone, but it doesn't say everyone. It could have said everyone. It says everyone in other places. It says widows and fatherless and other things like that in other places, but it doesn't say that here. So what I don't want to do is put my own thoughts into it. I'm, I'm going to let God be God. This is what he said. This is what I'm going to go by. And if I get in, in when I face him and say, God, I, I, can you imagine God saying, Hey, Hey, why were you believing what I said? You should have followed your heart. You should have listened to people who read the word differently. You should have interpreted that differently. I, God's not going to say that everything is work is by his word as it says here. So you see one single question was Daniel eunuch. Now in one sense, and we're actually going to get to this verse here shortly. What are they trying to, so what, what if he was, what if he wasn't, well, what are you trying to say? What, are, what is someone trying to prove by calling Daniel a eunuch or not? There's no verse that I'm aware of anyway, that says, because Daniel was a eunuch, then blah, 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 blah. It, I, I'm not aware of that. So I don't know why someone would specifically try to point out that Daniel was a eunuch when scripture doesn't say specifically that he was. And there are some verses that kind of point to the fact that he wasn't a eunuch. So what's the point? And the, the, the point is they're usually trying to prove something that isn't clearly stated in the Bible. And I, for me, we, uh, there's so much that is very clear in the Bible. If we did those things first, let, let's do that first. The ones that are absolutely clear. Uh, there's no conjecture. There's no, well, the culture, this, or, well, I think this, so-and-so said that, so it could be this. Let's just go with what's clearly written first. And let's not worry about whether Daniel was a eunuch or not, or whether that's going to prove our point of something, which I, I don't even know what they would try and prove. So I hope that at least gave some insight on, you, you can read the entire book of Daniel and maybe think he was a eunuch, but once you get to Ezekiel, now you have another story. So don't just Google something, read, read, read. I'm guilty of it. And so I you, you run into error when that happens and I don't want to be deceived. All right. So back on the other verses, second Corinthians four, two, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So this is key. You can handle the word of God deceitfully. That would be by leaving things out, adding things in that aren't there, not reading all the verses that pertain to a topic and just taking one. Second Corinthians 11, three and four, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtly subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth any uh, preacheth another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if he receive another spirit, which he have not received, 
or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, he might well bear with him. So people are out to beguile you. Satan is not stupid. He, he knows how to deceive people. And so we have to be careful if someone preaches a Jesus that doesn't care about sin, that doesn't care about repentance, that just loves everybody and is going to send everybody to heaven and would never send anyone to hell and would never talk about hell and only, only is only love. That is not the Jesus of the Bible. So we have to be careful. Does Jesus love? Yes, he loved us enough to die for us. But that doesn't mean he loves your sin. That doesn't mean he's going to tolerate your sin. That doesn't mean, anyway, we'll I'll keep moving on. Galatians 1, 6 through 9. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. That's pretty strong language. So how are we gonna know if someone is preaching a different gospel? It's an, an, an angel from heaven. I mean, it's, well, I just feel this. I, I, I feel God telling me that it's this. Well, if it doesn't match scripture, what does Paul say? Let him be accursed. That's a, that's a rough word. I, I don't want to be the one that is preaching another gospel other than what is in scripture. Galatians 3 verse 1, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Galatians 5 7, ye did run well, who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? Ephesians 4.14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. People are out there to deceive you. You have to be grounded in a foundation. That's why I keep pointing back to the foundation and manifesto. Ephesians 5, 6, let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. I don't want the wrath of God on me or anyone else. So that means I must be careful with vain words that are not scripture. Colossians 2, 4, and this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. You're, you are usually deceived by things you want to hear. Colossians 2.8, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Colossians 2.18, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. I'm, I'm sticking with scripture. 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 2 and 3 that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as, as from us, 
as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there be there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Second Thessalonians 2.10, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they may be saved. 1 Timothy 1, 3-8, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some, that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned from which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Deception, deception, deception. First Timothy 4.1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. It, it's out there. The, the programming is rampant. Second Timothy 2, 15 to 16. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. 2 Timothy 2, 23, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they do gender strifes. So I would say, is Daniel a eunuch? Kind of falls unto this, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid. What? How much does God talk about whether Daniel was a eunuch or not? Aside from the verses that we mentioned, he doesn't take a lot of time talking about whether Daniel was a eunuch. So why are we going to spend a lot of time talking about it or not? If someone is doing that, that means they're, they're doing something that's profane and vain babblings. They're, it's, there's a hidden agenda. Uh, I also want to, I would tell you to read it and, um, later, but I, I think it's important. This is one of the most important chapters when it comes to scripture. And the whole chapter is just really good. So I'm going to read second Timothy chapter three. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth." Now, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, 
purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, 16 and 17, uh, I would go back to 15 even, are kind of the, the core principles, but I wanted to read the whole chapter so that you could see he's talking about the deception, 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 all through that chapter, and that the answer is scripture, and that the things that he says are for scripture, I'm just going to read them again because a lot of times people want to read scripture for, uh, to feel good. I want to feel good. And you can't, there are many verses on that, but if you're only looking to scripture just so you can get an emotional feel good, uh, and you don't want to read anything that makes you feel a little, mm, God, I, I need to, we're, we're supposed to be living for God. We're supposed to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and want to please him with every single thing that we do. There's nobody else we should be wanting to please more than God. It's, I, I want to serve him. I want to love him. I want, I, he gave me eternal life. Who else am I going to live for? Who else has done any more, done more than that? I mean, we come close to that. So I want to know God. I want to know every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But I want you to notice what Paul says scripture is given for. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Is that something a lot of people like to talk about? No, we like the God loves me. God loves me. God isn't mad at me. He doesn't care what I do. I can do whatever I want. He wants to give me money. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof. Do we like to be reproved? No, we don't. But Revelation 3, 19, Jesus said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. I, I, I want Jesus to love me. So I want that. I, I don't want to displease him. Uh, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Do we like correction? No, we don't. We want to always be right. I know everything. I know I'm following my heart. I, I no, I don't know everything. I'm being sarcastic. You didn't know that. I don't. God does. His word does. That's where the truth is. So we have doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be mostly equipped to handle things that the man of God may know some of the things that God wants you to know, but the rest you're going to have to learn from uh, pastors in your specific culture. Is that what the verse says? No, 
It says that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Does that sound like I need a commentary? Does that sound like I need to get uh, 20 people together and get their opinion on what a verse says? No. If anything, I, I mean, and I'm not saying don't get advice, don't learn from pastors, don't learn from preachers, don't have Bible studies. I'm not saying that. I'm saying be very careful when you're in those studies, when people want to dismiss the word or add to the word or take the word out or, or anything like that, because our hearts are deceitful. So that whole chapter uh, is just so crucial in understanding scripture. All right, just a few verses left. There's so many, but I know we've been uh, already going for about an hour, so just a few more left. Second Timothy 4, verse 3, for the time will come. This is right after. Uh, well, in fact, you know what? I'm going to start at verse 1. This is right at the, we just did chapter 3. So I'm going to start at chapter 4, verse 1. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. That's, that's pretty, uh, pretty specific. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables." so crucial now the big churches I, I don't know I, I think it would be very difficult to have a huge church um, it's, it's not impossible but obviously Jesus had uh, huge crowds gather when he was doing miracles but when it came time for his crucifixion or when he got arrested in the garden everyone scattered and left it was just him paul when you look through his ministry at the end he he goes through a list of people demas has forsaken me only luke is with me but so many and i, I won't look it up here but so many that started the ministry left and for and forsook paul by the end of his ministry truth is needed people need truth more than ever before because there's so much programming so much deception so many lies even just small little twists of scripture just snowball into huge problems so i i would challenge you to read well i mean obviously this letter you know if we want to get into a biblical exegesis of um second timothy chapter four see he's talking to timothy so this doesn't apply to everyone this only applies to timothy because he wrote it to timothy well if that's true what he says here in verses four or chapter four one through four then throw out the rest of timothy why even put it in here who cares what paul instructed some dude 2000 years ago if we aren't supposed to know what it was if we aren't supposed to be followers of paul as he is a follower of christ who cares I, 
what, what does it matter what Timothy was supposed to do if I'm not supposed to learn from it? I charge, I'm, I'm just going to read those, those verses again. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Very, very humbling for me as well to, to, you know, it, it's not fun. What, when Jesus said that the world hated him, they're going to hate us also. I, I don't like to hear that. I want to be liked by everybody and I don't want anybody not to like me, but more important than that, I want God to be proud of me. I want God to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. All right, just a few more verses. Titus 1, 10 through 11. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. Titus 1, 14. Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. James 1, 22 through 25. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. First Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire this the serum milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Second Peter 2, 1, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Verse two, and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Second Peter three sixteen and 17, as also in all his epistles, this is Peter talking about Paul, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. All right, I think that's a good place to to end it there. I'm, I'm hoping, I mean, I went through over 80 verses plus 2 Timothy chapter 3. All different books, Old and New Testament, warning of deception. And the key to be not deceived isn't follow your heart, isn't follow your favorite pastor that makes you feel good. It's what does the word say? Not what does somebody else think it says? Not what somebody else adds to it or doesn't tell you verses that are there. What does God's word say? That's how we keep from deception. That's how we please God. 
and not just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the, you can't be a doer of the word if you don't hear the word. Hence the audio Bible that we put together. All right, let's close in prayer. God, thank you so much for your words that we can rely on, that we can use as the absolute source of truth. We want to serve you. We want to uh, make sure you are proud of us. We, we don't want to displease you. We don't want to make you frustrated or do anything that would be an abomination for you. We want to hear, well, good, well done, good and faithful servant. And so we ask for clarity and understanding and uh, open our eyes to your word, your, your truth that you have given us that will remain forever. We thank you so much for the word. Thank you for loving us, for providing a way to be with you forever. Bless this podcast. Bless those that hear it. We ask this in your name. Amen.